you may ask. How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You are listening to a live broadcast of Hey 19, where we will educate, illuminate, and entertain. You can always send your questions to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com. Um, as many of you know, I'm always looking to meet new people, different backgrounds, maybe different cultures, maybe different countries, because we're all over the place for the Internet, and I love it. And everyone knows, again, through LinkedIn, I find people, they find me. So today we went, I guess I say across the pond, but only if you're in England, and that's not where we are today. Um, but our guest today is Roy Cohen, all the way from The Hague in the Netherlands, for those who didn't know that The Hague was in the Netherlands. Roy, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I am excellent. The weather is gorgeous. The children, yeah. are, the children are running around, which may or may <laughs> not be so good. So uh, how's your weather in the Netherlands? Yeah, great, great. It's uh, finally a bit, little bit of warm, no rain, a lot of sunshine. Uh, kids outside actually went to Amsterdam today to uh, visit my mother, keeping the distance, of course. Of course. So uh, that was uh, nice. Yeah, that was nice. Very, very nice. So before we get rolling, if I asked you, who is Roy Cohen? Uh, Roy Cohen. Wow. It's, uh... Okay, so I was uh, born in Israel, grew up in the south, in the Negev Desert, um, in uh, Mitzpah Ramon, for, for anybody who knows it. I grew up in a uh, secular family, so actually atheist 100%. And uh, yeah, at a certain moment, I met my, uh, my lovely wife, and uh, we did uh, tshuva. And uh, yeah, and now I'm here, married, four kids in the Netherlands. So in between we moved, or I moved, I met my wife here, actually. Um, I grew up most of, uh, of my youth, I grew up in nature, in Israel. My father was uh, the ranger of the na nature reserve in Mitzpah Ramon. So I literally grew up in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> wow, amazing, amazing, amazing. So we, we have to start. It's still Corona, even yeah. though things are opening up. Yeah. <laughs> How is Corona in the Netherlands? Uh, yes, yeah, so we've been in quarantine for quite some time. Now uh, things are getting a little bit more relaxed. Uh, my kids have, have been going, going to school uh, since, uh, let's think, I guess two weeks now, um, but only for two days. So they divided the classes into two groups. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's nice. They get to meet their friends before that we were just, you know, at home. Uh, I have to say I enjoyed, I really enjoyed spending time with the family. I didn't have to go to the office. So that's great. You know, being with, uh, uh, with the family at home, uh, spending the time. Yeah. You, you don't get uh, this opportunity every time. So, uh, yeah, it's nice. Take advantage. <laughs> For me. 
Oh, wow. So yeah. they're back in school because we are not uh, back in school. It looks like schools will be closed through the end of June. We're hoping for camps, but they're, they're still pretty strict. But maybe the end of, Mar- of May, they'll loosen things up a little bit. Also, they, so what yeah. happens? So two days, the children are in school. Are they? I mean, you have four children. I don't remember. How many are in school? Yeah. So two are in school and two are still in the kindergarten. Okay, so they go to school the same day, or there at least did the school do that for you? So yeah, both both my sons, my elder sons, they go to school on the same day, uh, and the kindergartens are here open, yeah, continuously. So uh, that's that's uh, that's fine. That's nice actually. That's a, a good thing. Um, but we yeah we do uh, keep them home whenever we can. It's gonna get hard when the weather gets nice. They <laughs> yeah. want their bicycles. They oh well, yeah yeah yeah. They want to have a catch with their father. They want to play in the trees. They gotta. You of all people, a nature reserve person. Like yeah. kids yeah. need to be outside. So we'll just climb different trees, I guess. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna back up a little bit. So you were you were born in Israel, you were raised in Israel, but really your family originates also from the Netherlands. You told me, how far yeah. back do you go in the Netherlands? So we go, uh, we have family tree, we constructed, we go quite far back. Um, the earliest we found is from the 17th, for the, from the early 17th century. Uh, so that's, that's quite some, uh, some time. Yeah, because I call myself a Yankee Doodle Dandy because my great-grandparents all came over to America. But that's late 1800s, early 1900s. Like, uh, you know, like a little, a little kid compared to how far back you go. So why did your family move to Israel? So uh, after the, the Shoah, actually, uh, my grandparents... Yeah, where they couldn't they couldn't live here anymore. The Netherlands was not that uh, good for Jews actually. It was a very uh, tough time for uh, Jews in the Netherlands j- during the Shoah, and also when they came back, they were not greeted uh, that 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 nicely f- w- uh, from uh, yeah from the government and stuff like that. So my grandparents just decided, you know, we're going to Israel from both both sides. Uh, my grandfather from my father's side was already busy with the Zionist movement before the war. So, um, yeah, it was for him kind of uh, logical to make the step to Israel. Ah, so your family brought you up in a nice, warm, dry climate in the, su- in the south, in the desert. In the, I mean, it's not such a desert. They've taken that desert and there's things blooming. <laughs> but it's still yeah. a little warm. And you decided that too hot. You're going to go all the way up to the Netherlands where there's snow and other things. Why did you go back? So uh, after my army service, I really wanted to have a, a change of scenery. Um, I had a Dutch passport. I knew a couple of Dutch words. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'll take the plane. I'll go to the Netherlands and see what's, uh, what's the story about. And uh, I kind of got stuck here. Well, stuck. <laughs> um, positively stuck. Let's put it at that. Okay, good, good. And so, you you went back to the Hague because that's where your family was from. You're Amsterdam, Antwerp. Where'd you hang out? So, um, when I came to the Netherlands, I came to Amsterdam. I hanged out there with some friends. 
then I met uh, my wife, then my girlfriend. Uh, she was a student, medical student in uh, Leiden, in Leiden University. And uh, yeah, we lived in Leiden for, I think, a couple or two years. And then we moved to uh, The Hague. Um, and we're here now for, I guess, 10, 12 years, I think. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So again, at that point in your life, neither of you were religious, to, to put it mildly, but you told me you were both a little more spiritual. So take yeah. me along the, the, the road a little bit. What happened? Yeah. So uh, actually, the, 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 the path we're walking is, is just amazing. It's uh, something uh, I look, look upon as uh, I'm very grateful for, you know, for Hashem for taking me on this path. Uh, I grew up, so I, as I said, I grew up in, in, in Israel in the nature. I used to hike a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot during the day, during the night, uh, mostly in the desert. And when you're in the desert, I, I don't know if you have ever been into the desert, but probably your, your, your listeners have been. You just get this amazing uh, spirituality. You, you get in touch with Hashem. Back then, I could not really describe that, what it was. Um, so for me, yeah, the whole path of meeting, uh, at the end, my wife, my wife was more religious. Uh, however, she grew up in, uh, in a reform, uh, uh, household. Um, and we, we met, we met each other and we kind of felt, yeah, the same way about life, about, uh, uh the future. We didn't really talk about religion at that moment. Uh, then we decided to get married. And uh, for me, there was only one way to get married. That's Fia uh, Katuba. So a real marriage with a real rabbi. Um, uh, and I, I really wanted to get married in Israel, where I grew up in the desert. So uh, that's what we did. We went, we flew to Israel. Uh, we searched a Dutch, for a Dutch speaking rabbi. And uh, we met uh, Rabbi Broadman, Zichon Levrachai. He just passed away a couple of days ago. Um, and he helped us actually made the first step to this, uh, 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 path of, uh, yeah, of our tradition, of our heritage, which we had, yeah, generally very little connection. My wife had more connection and myself, uh, less connection to, uh, to the traditions and to, uh, the heritage, um, and uh, so we were sitting at, at his office just chatting and he knew actually my grandmother and my grandfather and also my wife's grandmother and grandfather. So that, that was wow. funny because uh, we were sitting and he was saying like, oh, you're the grandson of uh, this and that. And I'm like, whoa, hey, yeah, you know that. That's very, that's very funny. And then he said, oh, yeah, and you're the granddaughter of uh, yeah, this and that. And then we're like, whoa, yeah. yeah, we never met each other, but still he knew already. You know, our story, the family story. So we didn't have to get all these paperwork on, you know, uh, are we Jewish and halachic Jewish and all that stuff because he basically knew, oh, you know, our family story. So, yeah, it was, it was great. Amazing, amazing. I want you to know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, there's actually a blessing that we say when we see a desert. Did you know that? No. Yeah, so the <laughs> blessing is... Um, who created the world. And yeah. a desert is one of those places because a desert is, as you were describing, it is awe-inspiring. 
People see a yeah. desert. There's different understandings. One is it's awe-inspiring. I could feel God. I could recognize there's a God. Yeah. That's that's one reason to make a blessing. Um, others say just the opposite. People could look at a desert or a, or mountains or oceans and say, these have been here for a million years. So you say, no, no, make a blessing. Remember, 5,780 years, there's a God. But there's all kinds of stories. We're not going to go into those stories today. But there's all kinds of stories where when people needed to connect to God, they would go into the desert and they would be by the lonesome, all alone. And that gave them the ability. And not only that, by the way, we have the Shavuot, the Pentateuch holiday coming up. And we got the Torah where? In the desert. Yeah, so all amazing. Desert is a great combination. Yeah. But if I talk about that, I can't talk to Roy. So I got to get more. <laughs> I, I, I can't get enough. Yeah. So, um, okay, good. So you move back to the Netherlands. Um, you actually told me the, the um, I guess what really brought it home for you to become religious was when your oldest son was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I just want to get back on Shavuot for one bit. So Please. I was actually born on the second Yom Tov Shavuot. Happy so birthday. So we're talking about desert week. and... Uh, Happy yeah, birthday. next week. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's you know we were in 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 Sinai at that day, and yeah, it's all these things they combine and my own path, my own you know the desert experience. It's all kind of like yeah, it couldn't be different. Let's put it that. <laughs> it couldn't be so, a better connection that you grew up in a desert yeah. and your birthday is on the holiday yeah. of Shavuot, yeah. which is where we were in the desert. That's amazing. Yeah, I yeah. love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> So, okay, so now uh, yeah, backtrack. So, Help me out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we met uh, Rabbi Brodman Zichon He sent us to uh, uh, the Jewish community in The Hague to Rabbi Ketman, and we had a very uh, really good connection with him. Uh, and we started uh, learning, you know, just a Yiddish guide. Uh, Rabbi Katzman uh, gave me some lessons. Uh, the Rabbitson, his wife, gave uh, my wife, uh, my fiance back then, lessons. So something, you know, of this kind of stayed in my head. And when my son got born, you know, holding a baby that's a few few hours old or a few minutes old, and you see a person and you see, you know, the individuality and you see just everything, you know, you see th- there is no diff. Yeah, I could not explain it in any scientific manner. Um I studied science, science, natural sciences, so I understand all the biology within it. I understand all these things, but nobody could explain to me, you know, holding a baby and seeing a person, that's that's something that only Hashem, that's that's a nest. That's a, so that kind of like really gave me the, 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 big, the big push, like, wow, this is just something uh, amazing. Uh, there are no words to describe it. <laughs> and you got to experience so far four times, four boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Hashem. Yeah. Hashem. Yeah. Amazing. So now that we're in the Netherlands, let's talk a little bit. I know what people know here in, in the States, what Jewish communities look like. Um, talk about the Jewish community where you live in The Hague. Okay, so compared to the States, we're, we're small. <laughs> uh, we have 300 small. members. Yeah, we're okay. 300 members. Um, however, we're outside Amsterdam. We're the second largest, so wow. that's kind of the proportions in uh, in the Netherlands. Um, uh, we have two synagogues. 
uh, one is smaller, of course, but we have two minyanim every Shabbat. Uh, that that's about it. I'm I'm myself. I'm active in the in the management in the board of uh, the synagogue. It's it's a very mixed synagogue. We're all halachic Jewish, uh, but. Not everybody is is Shabbat observant, or no, not not everybody would eat kosher at home. Uh, at, at the synagogue, everything is kosher, of course. Everything is according to to halacha and to Shulchan Aruch. So, um, but you know, our doors are open for Jews, for any Jew. You know, you're a Jew, you can come uh, make a minyan if you're uh, uh, if you're a woman. So you cannot make a minyan, but there are enough things that a woman can do in the synagogue. Um, yeah, that's that's great. Uh, generally, the the community is an Ashkenazi community. It's uh, it exists now for three hundred and I think twelve years. We're here in in the Hague. Uh, the Sephardi community was a bit before us, <laughs> but they're they're no longer uh, active in the Hague. Um, and uh, that's it. So now it's kind of a mixture of uh, Sephardim and uh, Ashkenazim. We have even a Yemenite guy. Sometimes the Yemenite guy goes, you know, he does a davening sometimes. So you get like a Yemenite style, um, yeah, shacharit, which is it just great, you know, to hear all these mixtures within one community and everybody's okay with it. Nobody's is saying like, oh, this is my minhag or this is your minhag. We're all really enjoying the, the yeah the Yiddishkeit of each other and the traditions of each other. Yeah, it's beautiful because I can tell you where I live and almost anyone I know, anywhere I go, every synagogue, every shul has their rules and regulations. If you're Ashkenaz, if you're Svard, if you're Yemenite, yeah. you don't get to change the rules just because you come from a different background. But by you guys, I love this, by you guys, whoever... Wants to whoever they choose to lead the service, yeah. Yemenite leads Yemenite, Ashkenaz leads yeah. Ashkenaz, Svard yeah. leads Svard. It's amazing yeah. and everybody loves it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really it's a it's a great experience. Before before I went to this show, I never heard a Yemenite you know service, and uh, now it's like oh yeah, this guy's coming. Yeah, let's you know let's listen, let's do it. Let's so it's 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 great. It's you you get to 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 taste the yeah the traditions of of the greater you know jewish uh, cycle or the greater jewish uh, uh, people amazing are you allowed have they opened up your shul your synagogue yet or you guys are still quarantined no. on that we're we're still quarantined on that um so we're thinking maybe doing something outside but we we don't know yet it's it's a bit early uh, we're very concerned about the elder uh, uh, people in our community. We don't want them to get in touch with the corona. Is they're, they're really the the, the vulnerable uh, pe- people for this virus? Apparently, in Amsterdam, the old people home, uh, the Jewish old people home, really uh, got hit quite hard. So we're very uh, careful on uh, yeah on on the steps we're made, making. We're looking also on other communities. We're we're in contact with other communities. Uh, the, we're a member of the the um, Ashkenazi Orthodox Union here in the Netherlands. We get guidelines from them, but we also get guidelines from uh, Amsterdam, from the community to Amsterdam. So yeah, we're we're kind of uh, 
debating what to do. <laughs> okay, good. They're just just in Detroit uh, and other places a little earlier. They're letting us in the, our backyards. Ten people from Minion. Everybody spread out. Maybe wearing masks. So a little bit we're opening, but the shuls are gonna probably wait a drop longer. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna so many things to talk about. So little time. So much fun. <laughs> but uh, this I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, I, I know the answer because we we schmooze. But um, are there Jewish day schools in the Hague? No, so we don't have a day school. We have a Jewish kindergarten, um, but we don't we don't have a Jewish school in the Hague. So what do you do with your children? Yeah, so my kids they they start kindergarten, of course, in the Jewish kindergarten here. Uh, once they get to the school age, they go to public school, um, and we yeah we have Sunday school. Uh, I guess that's how you call it in the states. Right. Uh, for Jewish lessons uh, in shul, uh, we have about 40 kids, uh, 40 to 50 kids coming to the Sunday school. Uh, most or most, a lot of the chinuch, the Yiddishkeit, is, it's, it's the parents that do the work and the, the community. So uh, the rabbi, uh, through all this corona thing, uh, we're in luck that the rabbi's sons are in town, so they're giving extra lessons to my uh, my boys, which is wonderful. That's amazing. But uh, yeah, but it's it's yeah, it's definitely a challenge. There is a school in Amsterdam, but that's that's really too far. Uh-huh. So let me ask you. So if I had to ask you, you living as a Jewish person in the Netherlands, raising a Jewish family, what are your greatest challenges living in such a small community? Okay, so currently the greatest challenge is is actually kosher food. That's right. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's important. That's a challenge. Yeah, so that's a challenge that uh, we face uh, weekly, I guess. I don't know when you, when we buy the shopping. Uh, y- yeah, you know, you can go vegan and buy you know vegetables, and you can buy fish, but when you want to get your meat, well, it's it's either going to Amsterdam, or going to Antwerp, or getting something from Antwerp. Um, the, the, there is another big challenge, which is bread, actually bread uh, in a supermarket. We cannot buy bread in the super, supermarket, in the regular, regular grocery store, uh, as they're all not kosher. There are ingredients there, which we don't know. We don't know how to bake it and what they bake it, what they make it. So bread, yeah, is something uh, that we get definitely for, from a real kosher uh, bakery. Right, and you told me there's one other concern that you have. Maybe that's yeah. not today's concern, but it is an important yeah. concern. I only have maybe a minute and a half, but go ahead. What is that concern? Yeah, so uh, the second concern is more for the future. That's hidbolelut. Uh, that's something Ass- that me as a, as a parent, I'm very... Uh, yeah, assimilation. Um, I'm very concerned about it, of course, uh, because the, Jew- the Jewish community is so small here in the Netherlands uh, that it's... Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to 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 get them to to meet enough people, enough Jewish kids, so they'll have a future with a you know with a Jew. Wow! Wow! Amazing, Roy. This was so much fun, and I was, I, I I I think people need to get a taste of what it means sometimes to live Jewish in a place where you can't roll out of bed, go to a kosher grocery store, yeah. put your kids on a bus to a Jewish school, 
Jewish camps all over the place. There's, there's a lot of stuff we take for granted. And a lot of times our parents will say the school will take care of everything religious. The rabbis will take care. And the parents don't take the responsibility they need to take. And in your case, the parents know they are the responsibility. Yeah. So Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right. So if I gave you another 15, 20 seconds, and again, I appreciate you coming. This was so much fun. Um, would you yeah. like to leave us with something? A thought, something? Um, so first, I want to thank you for having me on uh, on the show. It was great. Um, yeah, it was uh, fantastic. Yesterday actually was the uh, the Hilula of the Ramchal, which I'm studying. And uh, I advise uh, anybody who's interested uh, in learning uh, the way of Hashem. That's also the name of the of the series of the book. Sure. Uh, look it up. It's it's amazing, uh, especially if you ever go to nature with that knowledge. Then uh, connecting to Hashem with the knowledge of the Ramchal is just uh, is something incredible. It's uh, yeah, the the Chokhmah that that uh, he wrote. Also in Mesilat uh, Sharim, of course. Sure. I think more people know uh, that that part of uh, of his uh, work. Uh, so that's uh, that's it. And Chag uh, Sameach already for uh, Shavuot. Good Have Yom Tov. A, a good Yom and, uh, Shabbat Shalom. Okay, Roy, thank you so much again. Thank you to my wonderful listeners yeah, sponsors. You. you know I can't do it without you. Remember, stay home, stay safe, enjoy the children. Thank you to my wonderful production team. We have David and Angel in the back. I hope we've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. Special things I compile, each one there.